2: Hello Captains, you're listening to episode 301 of Priority One Podcast, your weekly report on all things Star Trek, recorded live on Thursday, January 12th. And available for download or streaming on Monday, January 16th, 2017 at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. And I'm Kenna. And in the recording booth is our audio engineer, Quinters. Gee which August Falteroth. Well, we had a wonderful 300th celebration. I want to thank everybody who was able to attend, both as team members of Priority One Podcast and, of course, in the chat during our twitch.tv broadcast on Saturday, the 7th. It was a long day, but it seems like a lot of you had so much fun and we're so very grateful that you joined us to celebrate our 300th episode what a milestone yeah all right Kenna. so what do we have going on this week
3: well this week we trek out what Chris Hemsworth and Zoe Saldana have to say about the fourth movie in the Kelvin timeline what Doug Jones is doing to prepare for discovery and some homegrown Trek projects that will inspire you to build in Star Trek online news season 12 and the anniversary event are nearly upon us and we've got some details for you and finally Jake and Cookie are back on the promenade. As always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages.
2: Of course, don't forget to keep the conversation going at facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast or on Twitter at priority one pod. You can even send us an email to incoming at priority one podcast.com. Thanks again to
3: all of our Patreon supporters who make this show possible from week to week. We've said before on this show how essential our Patreon supporters are to us. It's only through contributions from listeners like you that we're able to keep the lights on, the servers running, and delivering Priority One to you each week. But we want to do more and bring you more of the great Star Trek content you love, like video live streams of our recording sessions and on-site coverage of more Star Trek events. You can help us do that with a contribution of as little as a dollar a month. All you have to do is visit patreon.com forward slash priority one to learn more and add your support. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash
2: priority one. Now let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse.
4: I don't know. let's track it out.
2: Let's start with some movie news regarding Star Trek Four of the Kelvin timeline. You may remember that several months ago we had reported that Chris Hemsworth, who played Kirk's father in the 2009 reboot, was signed on to return in the fourth installment of the Kelvin timeline films. Well, on a red carpet interview by MTV at the Golden Globes, Hemsworth was asked about his involvement. His reply, uh, Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure exactly the dates, but uh, I've spoken to JJ and he um, was an amazing to sort of the pitch on the whole thing. So. Unfortunately, that's all we got from the actor. IGN also caught up with Zoe Saldana, who plays Uhura in the new films. When asked about the fourth film, she had this to say,
5: I would, I would love, I would always come back like, to get an opportunity to be with all my friends uh, until we're 50, 60, I would be so happy. <laughs> yeah,
2: right. I have to say, every time she talks about Trek or really anything geeky, I just, I just fall deeper in love with her. She's, she's just the best. The truth is, I think that most actors that go into Trek think something like, oh, uh, this won't last long. I'll, I'm, I'm going to get paid and, and move on. And then they, then Star Trek blows up and everybody loves it. So when you hear that an actor actually embraces working on genre films like Star Trek, especially Star Trek, I earn so much more respect for them. Because I think that actors like Saldana, Carl Urban, uh, Simon Pegg, not only love the craft of acting, but they love Trek. And they love Trek fans as well. It's just great. It's, it's, lo- it's just nothing but love.
3: Yeah, no, I I agree with you completely on this, you know, I think the chemistry of that cast is fantastic, I think it comes out, and, like, I root for them as actors as much as I root for them as characters, I want the films to be successful so that they'll come back and keep doing it, I I just think it's great. Moving on to some series news, it's looking like filming is starting to gear up for the highly anticipated Star Trek Discovery. In a news recap, David Staff, president of CBS Television Studios, told Rotten Tomatoes that, quote, writers of Star Trek Discovery have completed a few scripts, readying for production later this month, end
2: quote. Now we get the same confirmation from Doug Jones, the actor playing the never-before-seen alien Lieutenant Saru. In an interview with IGN, Jones confirms that filming is scheduled to begin towards the end of January, but that's not all he has to say regarding his involvement. When asked about his character, Jones expressed excitement about working to develop a new alien character from its inception.
1: I am a new breed of alien that you've never seen on the series before, uh, or in any of the movies. And so that's, that's a, that I'm, I, which I'm tickled pink about, that I that I get to, uh, you know, from the ground up, yeah. help develop and and, and and find this character and his species and what we're all about. Uh, from from the get-go instead instead of, of taking a folklore that's already existed in right. uh, the franchise and trying to appease the fans uh, you know in, in playing a new one of those this is a whole new thing that, that we get to discover together which i'm really excited about
2: now as much of a sci-fi movie icon as he is he admits that he is not the most diehard Trekkie out there, but that he has a great deal of admiration and respect for the franchise. I don't
1: think you can watch TV or film and not be a Star Trek fan. Um, now, there's Trekkers, Trekkies, that I, I've, I've been schooled on, on the differences and, and all that, So, um, uh, but I, I, I am an admirer of... Uh, the, of the franchise both the movies and all the TV series incarnations. I have not f- seen every episode of every show uh, And I can't give you details on what the Tribbles are Tribbles. You had it right did I the first time. Yep. I think. Yep. It's okay, <laughs> okay. Oh, this is gonna be so hard. So I'm, I'm totally excited to be a part of of that universe and that uh, that uh, You know the, the love
2: now, we talked a little bit about this during our 300th when Maria Rosso, Star Trek Online's producer, joined us. You know, we talked about what, what it could mean. Is it good that an actor kind of goes in this, into the, something like this, like Star Trek, a franchise as huge as this, without really knowing the source material? Yes, that's without good. Without really gripping into it. Really?
3: Yes, that's good. Yes. Well, because I've said it before. Uh, us as fans, we don't necessarily know what's best for us. How dare you! I know, right? I want the I want the developers of Star Trek Discovery to produce a good Star Trek show, and I don't want them to listen too much to what the fans think they want because I think that's going to stifle creativity. There's a reason that that we are not showrunners on on television shows because we are we are just not not those people we don't necessarily know what makes a good tv show we know what we enjoy watching and of course we're going to want more of what we've already had but that doesn't necessarily work and you know i mean the t-o-s-t-n-g thing is a is a prime example that when the next generation came out and a lot of people who were huge original series fans w- even watched the premiere of The Next Generation, Happy 30th, by the way, and went, what is this? This is not Star Trek. And it ended up being one of the most popular, pop- I would argue, the most popular Star Trek series that there is. We as fans don't necessarily know what's best for us, so I don't mind if, if the people who are creating the new series are not totally into the fandom. I don't mind that and I actually I think it's a
2: really good thing. So I I think about it a little bit as as an actor too. You know, like how much when it comes to something like this, how much research is too much research before you fall into some type of trap, right? Now the problem with Star Trek is that once you start doing that, it's like a rabbit hole, you know, and you just start spinning and spinning and spinning out of control. So I wonder what the directors are telling them. Like, you know what? Just here's a script. You know what Star Trek is? You know what's in space? Spaceships, pew, pew. All right, that's it. That's all you need to know. Uh, let's develop this from the beginning as if though you as if though this was the first series ever. And let's get on this journey together. So I am interested in seeing how this is developed because he's not the only one who's like not a diehard Trekkie, but the other actor, the one from Rent, he too, you know... You know, he bought a bunch of these DVDs and a bunch of the, the the series to to catch up and start watching. So I wonder how many of them are actually going to be doing that.
3: Uh, I do have one small point of contention um, in this interview. Actually, uh, Doug Jones pronounces it Lieutenant Saru.
2: Saru, yeah. Yeah, which is different Isn't than how
3: most of us would have normally. Um, you said Saru. Yeah.
2: So it's Saru, not S- Saru. Saru,
3: yeah. Well, not only do we have Discovery to look forward to this year, but we also begin celebrating the 30th anniversary of Star Trek The Next Generation. Woohoo! my Yay. favorite and the best! I know, it's so shiny! To commemorate the series, Roddenberry.com is digging into its archives to release amazing content once a day in something that they're calling Project 365. According to their Facebook post, quote... All year long, we'll be releasing never before seen photos, scripts, production notes, stills, designs, and more. We hope you enjoy it as much as the pleasure we'll take in sharing our exclusive content with you. End quote. Now, they've already released some amazing images, including headshots, casting calls, and memos. And did you know that Billy D. Williams was an early candidate to play Captain of
2: the Enterprise? The more you know, just remember when you win that bar trivia contest, it was because of Priority One.
3: Yeah, and I and I, that has actually happened <laughs> because I used to go to a pub quiz night, and my knowledge of Star Trek did actually help us win before.
2: Oh, I thought it was like something that we went over here on Priority One that that, that let you D- help win. No, no, no.
3: I'm I'm certain it's stuff that I've picked up because of being on Priority One. Yeah, Star Trek trivia—it'll win you a pub quiz. Heard it here first. <laughs>
2: In other homegrown Star Trek news, you can now 3D print your very own tractor beam. Yes, that's what I said. A tractor beam. You might have seen something cross your news feeds last year that physicists from the University of Bristol and the University of Sussex created a device that used sound waves to trap small items like beads and even a fly. Now, that same principle has been adapted so that you, too, can make your own tractor beam at home.
3: Or maybe you're more of a Lego aficionado and consider yourself a master builder. Well, Kevin J. Walter of Germany just spent eight years designing and building a Klingon bird of prey with over 250,000 blocks pieced together from various sets. In an interview with io9, Walter explained, quote, I watched Star Trek very early in my childhood, and this ship always inspired me. All my early Lego spaceships I built as a child were inspired by the bird of prey, and I always tried to capture its unique style, end quote.
2: Now let's find out what happened this week in Star Trek Online.
1: Computer, status report. Status. Incoming message.
2: I'm only in the mood for good news today.
3: Well, Captains, welcome again to News, where we're catching you up on the big news of the week in Star Trek Online.
2: And of course, the big news this week is that Season 12 has been officially announced. There was more than a little confusion around these parts as to whether seasons were done for. But now we know Reckoning as it will be titled, is dropping at the end of this month. Somewhat breaking with tradition, the launch of Season 12, Reckoning, will coincide with this year's 7th anniversary celebrations. Al, Captain Gecko Rivera, intimated as much when we spoke to him last weekend, saying that we should expect a good chunk of content for the anniversary event more than just requisite featured episodes.
3: Of course, we will be getting a featured episode entitled Of Signs and Portents that falls on directly from the last featured episode, Echoes of Light. You know, that one with the space jellyfish. Now, it'll be the first, and that's a quote, first appearance of General Rodak, voiced by Tony Todd. And we'll also get our first look at the Zenkethi, a technically canon race that's never before been seen on screen. And also, as you'd expect with the anniversary event, we'll be getting the chance to to grab a free tier six starship the lucari science vessel that was chosen by the community a few months back now it's the triangular ish one if you'll remember sadly not the super awesome flying saucer one which i'm not sure i'll ever get over but that's okay
2: but that's not all with the season release also comes a whole host of new stuff to sink your teeth into that's right, in addition to the featured episode and event ship, we're also going to get the following two new space queues entitled Gravity Kills and the Zenkethi Front, one new Zenkethi Space Battle Zone, one new reputation, the Lucari Restoration Initiative, and finally, a new research and development school for kits and modules. We're also expecting daily giveaways, possibly starting later this week and leading up to the event. Star Trek Online Season 12 Reckoning launches on PC Thursday, January 26th. Discuss.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I am actually kind of excited for this because I do like a space battle zone.
0: Oh, I'm looking forward to it as well.
2: So we're thinking space battle zone like the uh, Voth versus Undine, right? space battles on in the Dyson Sphere?
3: The one that I'm thinking of which was the most recent one the one where Miralita comes in. This is Miralita of the ISS Enterprise.
2: The Badlands.
3: That's the one, the Badlands Battle Zone. I like that one. Ooh,
2: I haven't played that one.
3: That's a really good one. It's really, really fun. I mean, it's fairly straightforward, these space battle zones. I mean, it's, it's sort
0: of... Any of the battle zones are. They're not difficult.
3: No, they're not difficult. And they're actually just kind of fun. If you just need to waste 20 minutes or something, you can go and do them. They're really good fun to play through. So I'm looking forward to a new space battle zone. Good way to earn marks as well.
0: Good way to earn Dilithium. Yes. Battle zones are always good for earning Dilithium because even if you are finished with that particular reputation, you can turn in those extra marks for more Dilithium and the Elite marks as well. So.
3: Yes, agreed. So we're looking forward to that. The question that I have, which, you know, I'm not sure that we'll have the answer to is Okay, so we've got two new space cues. So have they started retiring old ones yet? No. Because we've had this discussion before that we just kind of keep, every time there's a new release, we get more and more cues. There's a lot of cues now. I'm sure they'll be good. They'll be good and a good way to earn those marks.
2: Well, Joey Brooks Rose commented to us during the live show here on Facebook that uh, he's looking forward to the Lucari science ship because it's a big surprise for the science captains out there.
3: Mm, But still not a flying saucer. Some science love.
0: (sighs) Well, that's going to be good in another way for the Admiralty system. Because on the Klingon and Romulan factions, there is a severe lack of science ships. Yes. And I find it, take into account, I've got about two-thirds of the ships that are available in the Mm Z-Store. That's two-thirds on all factions. Mm -hmm. And I even find it hard to complete some of the Admiralty missions. So a new science ship, I'm all for that's going to help that out.
3: Yeah, it's the science ones are the hardest ones to complete in Admiralty.
0: Yeah, definitely.
3: Personally opinion.
2: So let's take a moment to call out probably one of the biggest surprises and biggest items that people are looking forward to most, which is the NX-01 refit. Mm, Yep. Now, we don't know much about the ship, other than that there's a model out there, which was given out with the press kit, but when we posted it on Facebook, everybody fell in love with it. Even Doug Drexler had not yet seen it until it was posted on Priority One podcast site, and he was happy with how it turned out, it seems. So everybody seems to be drew over this NX-01 refit.
3: Yeah, we have no details at all. It's just come through as a screenshot as part of the press kit. I'm expecting that we'll have a blog post or something explaining a little bit more in the next week or so. It's not like there was like 500 screenshots of like everything. It was like four, you know, and it was right there. So <laughs> we're looking forward to finding out what that's all about.
0: I'll tell you what I'm curious about. Well, there's a couple of things, actually. I'm curious if... The Alpha Quadrant is going to be expanded in Season 12, since it's already on Tribble.
3: Mm. I think it will have to be, because...
0: The story is going that way.
3: From recollection, the Zenkathie battle zone I think, is in one of the new sectors. I could be wrong.
0: It just hasn't been mentioned, so I'm curious about that, or would like to get some clarification on it. Yeah. The other thing is... With Mm R&D. We asked Al in our 300th episode when he was on about the ability to craft our own mods. Right. And I'm wondering if that's going to come with... This new release Now he didn't Say exactly That we'd be able To do that It's kind of like Reading between the lines Mm -hmm. I have a sneaky feeling That we're going to get A system where You put in a piece of gear And you re-roll the dice I'm a little bit worried That that's going to be The system we're going to get Mm -hmm. And I don't know If it's going to be With this release or not But he said something was coming.
3: Yeah, well, it's normal for us to not have all the details at this point. So by the time this show comes out, we're a little over a week and a half away from the actual launch. I would expect there to be a lot more details. And actually, when the launch happens, there are always... Features and things that don't quite make it into the big announcement. So I hate to say it, but we're going to have to wait and see.
0: Oh, yeah, we definitely will. Yeah, that was something that I took away from that interview. I, I kind of got the feeling that it was going to be a re-roll of the dice, mm. possibly with a dilithium cast, and mm. I, I think that would be disappointing.
3: Well... People want a dilithium sink. That's one heck of a dilithium sink. Yes,
0: I don't mind the dilithium sink. What I mind is a re-roll of the dice and it's totally random what you get back. I could be totally wrong. That might not be the system. It might be you pay X amount for whatever mod Mm -hmm. and then you pay another chunk of dilithium for your second mod and so on. It might be something like that, which will be fantastic. You know, put that delithium Sink in there. Yeah. That would be great. I'm a little bit concerned, though, that it's not. It's going to be a re-roll of the dice. Mm. What's those gods you call, Kenna?
3: are <laughs> in Jesus. There we are, the best one. <laughs> yeah... So last week for our live 300th episode broadcast, we chatted to Al Rivera about the Zenkethi, this new species to Star Trek Online. And he talked about how details on them from the TV show and novels were kind of contradictory and that made them hard to design. Well, there are a couple really interesting blog posts out this week by Star Trek Online artists, which you might find interesting if you'd like to know more about these new creatures. The first describes the Zenkethi themselves and their systems design, basically how they operate. Concept artist Hector Ortiz describes them as, quote, They have dragon-like heads, rhino-like skin, and four arms. Two arms are really strong and two are weaker for nimble, precise handling. Their backs have a set of bony plaques that give the impression of a turtle-like shell, giving these already powerful creatures one less weak spot. Fully armored, each individual Zenkethi resembles a walking weapons platform." Now the interesting part of the route they chose to go is that it contradicts the presentation of the race in Star Trek novels. Memory Beta, the wiki for what most would call soft canon, describes the Zenkethi as quote, Externally humanoid, but internally quite different. Their skeleton is made up of several fluid-filled sacs which can be contracted and expanded at will. Their internal anatomy contains bones only along their spines, end quote.
2: So they're like blowfish, when they get really mad or scared, they just
3: (laughs) (laughs) I think so, yeah. part, Star Trek Online devs seemed to be more in line with the original writer's thoughts when they went with a more reptilian look. When asked what he'd originally envisioned, writer Robert Hewitt-Wolf, who penned the DS9 episode The Adversary, where they originally appeared, said quote, "...I suspect I did my usual and combined a couple things, probably Kazinti and Sancth. But when I pictured them in my head, they weren't big cat people. I thought of them as more like the end quote. Now for those of you like me who have no idea what any of that gibberish was, here's a little rundown. The Kazinti were a kind of cat-like race similar in appearance to Keshans or Ferissans from the animated series. Sankth was a name taken from a class of creatures in RuneQuest, and the Hakazit are a species from the Wellworld series of novels by Jack Chalker. These were either described as T-Rexes with powerful arms or giant mosquitoes, depending on the book. Robert Hewitt Wolfe confirmed it was the T-Rexes he was thinking of, saying, quote, heavily armored lizard things for the win, end quote. For more on how the Zenkethi and their ships were developed in-game, we'll leave a link to those blog posts in the show notes for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com forward slash PO301.
2: For our next story, some players last week reported being sent an email with a link to a survey about lockboxes. There are no rewards for participating in the survey, but it's interesting to note that someone at Cryptic is very interested to find out players' opinions. Questions on the survey included, do you feel that lockbox contents have become more or less exciting over time? What are your favorite types of items in the low-buy store? What has been your most desired lockbox item? Do you prefer lockbox contents to be based on game content updates? What is your favorite Star Trek series?
3: Well, I do think that's interesting that they asked, what's your favorite Star Trek series? I think that's one of those ones where they kind of just look at demographics and probably just a little bit of interest. I don't know. See, lockboxes for me are, I don't really get lockboxes. I mean, I kind of get what the purpose of them is, but I, I hate the gambling thing. I just hate it. I don't understand why it's a mechanic in every MMO, every single one of them has something similar and I don't get it. They didn't ask me. I was not surveyed. (laughs) But yeah, it's lockbox contents. I'm just not interested in at all.
2: Yes, I remember when the lockboxes were first introduced into the game. This was shortly after PWE had taken over. We discussed it a great deal. We had Guest interviewers and hosts come on the show, like Simon Ludgate, who's generally considered an MMO guru, an expert, and a bit of an economist, to weigh in on the impact that something like that could have on an MMO. Overall, we just stopped talking about them. That's really what it boiled down to because we got to that point where it was like, all right, well, they're here to stay. Clearly works for PWE in their other markets and their other games. So, so yeah. But, you know, when it comes to lockboxes, It's like the carrot that I don't want to chase anymore. Kind of like that DPS addiction, right? Because you can really, you can spend a lot of money trying to get a ship or an item from a lockbox. So usually if I can't buy it from the exchange with energy credits, I'm not going to try to gamble. I'm sitting on dozens and dozens of lockboxes in my bank. Like old ones. Billions. I don't even know what to do with them anymore. Like I don't, like do I give them away? Are they worth giving away older lockboxes? Like are they like artifacts? Are they worth something to people? Nope.
3: I sit on them every once in a while if I'm feeling a bit flush on the old energy credits I'll buy like one master key. Uh, I stopped doing that when the price went over like 4 million EC per key or something like that. I just kind of was like, "Mm, it's not really worth it anymore. They're not something that appeals to me. But my opinions aside, because it doesn't really matter. I think it's very interesting that we've seen a lot of movement in the way that lockboxes operate in Star Trek Online recently. So we've had the introduction of the Infinity Lockbox. And then the Phoenix lockbox.
2: Phoenix prize pack.
3: Oh, that was a prize pack. It just looked like a lockbox.
2: So sorry. What was the difference for listeners who may not be aware?
3: Oh, sorry. So the Infinity lockbox is the one that they bring out where we used to have lockbox events before an old one was retired and then a new one came in that you could drop all the different previous lockboxes. The Infinity one now includes prizes from all the old lockboxes, basically. So we've seen some movement on how they treat lockboxes, and clearly now they're asking for opinions. I wonder if some more changes could be coming on the horizon.
2: Well, this brings us to this week's community question. Cryptic asks this question, and we want to know too. Do you feel that lockbox content has become more or less exciting over time? More generally, is the lockbox model something that appeals to you as a player? And a big thanks to listener Chris Keene for bringing the survey to our attention.
3: And finally this week, something a little different. Star Trek Online producer Maria Rosso tweeted last week, quote, Man, sometimes I forget how much I love at Ask a Game Dev, like this one on why we don't discuss everything we're doing, end quote. She's referring to a Q&A post on the Ask a Game Dev Tumblr. Anonymous asked, Do you ever feel like the industry is too secretive about what goes on during a game's development? The answer is a good in-depth answer about why game developers might want to keep shtum about what they're working on. It comes down to four key points they explain, and it's mostly about managing players' expectations. The Q&A is a worthwhile read, especially for anyone who's ever listened to one of our dev interviews. We'll leave a link to Maria Rosso's tweet and the Ask a Game Dev Tumblr post in the show notes for this
2: episode. And lastly, before we wrap up Star Trek Online news, there are some upcoming events to look forward to. PC players can look forward to the K-13 fleet holding unlocks. Between January 5th and January 19th, decorations, including banners, floral decorations, etc. January 19th to the 23rd is a bonus XP weekend.
3: As always, events are subject to change without notice. Be sure to keep your eye on the in-game calendars or listen in here at Priority One for more news and updates for Star Trek Online.
2: Well, that wraps up Star Trek Online news for this week. Now, let's visit Jake and Cookie on the promenade for some awesome Trek merchandise.
4: Hey, welcome back. I'm Cookie Cupcakes.
5: And I'm Jake Cobb. And this... is The Promenade.
4: Jake, what are you doing?
5: Bed napping. Why? Bed napping? Yeah, I'm napping. In bed. So what, don't I deserve a little me time?
4: Sure you do, but we're in the middle of The Promenade. How did you even get a bed in here?
5: It's 2410, Cookie. <sighs> I just. Yep. It's been a busy day, so I figured I'd cozy up in the old sleep machine and grab a few winks.
4: Why are you so tired?
5: Been working on my scatting all morning.
4: You're scatting?
5: Yep.
4: Let's just get on with this.
5: Since we're talking about napping, we might as well talk about bedding. What's better than ending a long day by climbing into a soft bed and pulling up a warm duvet cover? Ending a long day by climbing into a soft bed and pulling up a warm Star Trek officially licensed duvet cover. The Star Trek officially licensed duvet covers come in four different varieties, including the TNG L Cars Enterprise D schematic cover, the TOS Constitution Enterprise Blueprint schematic cover, the Starfleet Academy cover, and the Borg Cube cover. All four offerings come in three sizes, Twin XL, full slash Queen and King. The Twin XL is a two-piece set, including a 70-inch by 90-inch duvet cover and a 20-inch by 30-inch pillowcase. The Queen full three-piece set has a 92-inch by 96-inch duvet and two 20-inch by 30-inch pillowcases, and the King three-piece set sports a 110-inch by 96-inch duvet cover and two 20-inch by 40-inch pillowcases. All sizes and varieties are 400-count, 100-percent long-staple Turkish cotton. Translation? They're mid to upper tier quality.
4: So it doesn't come in twin, but it comes in a twin XL?
5: I think it's the same thing, isn't it? Twin XL? No.
4: Twin extra long is a completely different size. It's like it has extra length, so it would be too big lengthwise for a regular twin. I guess. I mean, you could try to make it fit, but that's so odd that it doesn't just come in a regular twin.
1: Right. Mm.
4: It's weird. Weird. And then they group the full and queen together, which those are two different sizes, too. Yeah, right. Very odd. Very odd.
5: Aesthetically, the TNG L car schematic set design uses the L car schematic of the Galaxy class Enterprise from various angles, patchworked over a black base. The TOS variation is a blueprint design with a duvet cover featuring the Constitution class Enterprise forward and rear facing, and the pillowcase sporting a side profile and USS Enterprise NCC-1701 in classic TOS lettering. The Starfleet Academy version is a black base with red and yellow trim along the top of the duvet cover, and the traditional and large Triangle Starfleet Academy patch, complete with the Golden Gate Bridge and Starfleet Delta, all of which are red and yellow outline, on both the cover and cases. Finally, the Borg set is a base black duvet and pillowcase with gray and green accents that transform your bed into a Borg cube. Don't worry, I'll skip the obvious Resistance's futile jokes. But I'd be lying if I said I don't want to make the coolest fort ever out of this set. The prices range from $79.99 US dollars to $89.99 US dollars, depending on size and pattern. But as of this recording, Friday, January 13th, the Borg set is currently on sale for 6399 US dollars. All sizes at Thankeek.com.
4: So I'm gonna take a guess, and I think your favorite is the Borg cute pattern, am I right?
5: That is awesome, yes. Yes. Me too. Oh man. Yeah, I looked
4: at it and I'm like, that that one? You could do a lot with that, and it's just pretty epic that they made that.
5: Imagine setting up like chairs around your living room just putting, like, draping that over the top.
4: Or sleeping in it. Oh, yeah, that too. That would be pretty cool, too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that too. And if you want the full Star Trek bedding experience, you might be tempted to buy the TNG sheets that we mentioned in an earlier episode a few months ago. Well, I actually got them for myself, and spoiler alert, they're not good. Which most people could figure out by the thread count, which was 200. But they said that the fabric was cotton percale, whatever that means. So when I ordered it, I thought, hey, maybe that means it's really nice. No, it it is not. It is not. (laughs) The fabric is kind of hard and pretty stiff. The flat sheet's actually kind of noisy when you move it around, if that tells you anything. It's like the Scots toilet paper of the sheet world. And it's also the kind of fabric that attracts lint. We all have an article of clothing in our wardrobe that all the hair from the dryer sticks to, and when you take it out, you're pulling static clinged hair off of it. It's kind of like that. The fitted sheet, which is the real star of the show because it has those little gray communicator pins all over it, isn't as bad, partially because I'm laying on it I'm not moving it around and stuff, and I'm not cuddling with it, but it was a bit oversized. It doesn't fit my mattress well. I have a queen, and I have a pillow top mattress, so I'm not sure if it's made for really deep mattresses or what, but it was quite loose on mine. I was always tugging on the corners to try to get them to fit, but they just, they were loose. And yes, I did get the right size for my mattress, by the way. But like I said, the fitted sheet didn't seem as bad as the flat sheet. The flat sheet was just plain black sheet. So this is my suggestion. If you want that complete Star Trek bed set, just use the fitted sheet only. And get someone else to buy it for you so that you aren't kicking yourself for spending that much money on a single fitted sheet. Throw away the flat sheet that comes with it, or you could make a noisy curtain out of it, I guess. <laughs> then buy a much nicer and probably a lot cheaper black flat sheet by itself from a normal store. Pair it with one of the duvet covers and pillowcases that Jake mentioned, and you'll be set. So, how much is it? Well, right now the price ranges from 40 to 60 bucks. But it's on sale, so I don't know what the normal price would normally be.
5: Uh, Seems a little bit much for...
4: (laughs) One-fitted sheet, I know. One-ply
5: sheets. (laughs) I know. (laughs) (laughs) So, there you have it.
4: There's never a wrong time for a bed nap.
5: Links to the items discussed can be found in the show notes, so please be sure to check them out.
4: Have any comments about the segment or anything discussed herein? We'd love to hear them, so let us know what you think on Twitter, Facebook, or in the comment section.
5: And remember, you keep an eye on the stars.
4: We'll keep an eye on the market. Until next time.
5: Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's in coming.
4: Message coming in,
5: sir. Hailing frequencies. Open.
1: See, we are getting to know each other.
0: Hi, this is Chris Keane. Normally I do something funny, something fun, um, but I wanted to sound a little bit more sincere than what I normally would do. Uh, 300 episodes, guys. It is a phenomenal. Uh, achievement, it really is. Um, it's good to see that Priority One is still going really strong, and it is something that I enjoy listening to every week. You know, it's, it's a highlight, you know, it's a, a guilty pleasure. I, you know, I enjoy it. Um, so, I can't wait for more episodes in the future. So, you know, just
2: once again, happy birthday. Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages.
3: Episode 299's community question from way back on December the 19th was, Have you tried streaming Star Trek Online using the ART client? And let us know how you got on. And only Sean Newboy answered. Hey, Sean Newboy. (laughs) But that's not to say that our amazing community of listeners didn't contribute. Far from it. Over the past few weeks, our listeners have been stars responding to our various social media
2: posts. From PriorityOnePodcast.com, Sean Newboy wrote, Thanks to Steve and Mike for visiting us. Wonderful show, everyone. I have no desire to stream at all. And this is with regard to episode 299, our interview, uh, our final interview for 2016, featuring Star Trek Online's executive producer, Steven Salami Inferno Rocosa, and Star Trek Online's new community manager, Mike Fadem.
3: From Podcast.com, Tuscan wrote, Hey, why no mention of the NX class model revamp? And I believe that was because at the time we didn't really know about it or we weren't supposed to know. Now we kind of know still nothing but we have a picture.
2: James Silette commented, thank you Elijah for pronouncing my last name correctly and great show as always. Good show P1. From Twitter Ken from Chicago in reply to best of episode
0: Elijah no fair. Kenna's native language isn't English but British. Hashtag jaguar
3: it, oh, Hashtag jaguar Hashtag ah. aluminium, and hashtag controversy.
2: Aluminium.
3: And actually, I, I hate to correct you, Ken, but actually my native language isn't British. It is actually American English, but then She's I'm American, American, but then I've lived in England, and it's all just a big mashup, basically. But yeah. From com, Beau replied to our post for the best of episode, Thank you, Priority One, for a great year once again. Thanks for the overall encouragement, guys. You always light up my week. Thanks for all the good stuff all the time, guys. Happy New Year. Looking forward to another great, awesome year. I know it never gets old, but keep up the good work. And thank you, Bo. That's really kind of you.
2: We also received some really encouraging and, frankly, humbling feedback in regards to our 300th episode. Thank you to Eklinar, Jack Morenzo, Jay Galloway. Jeff Vaughn, Section 31, at Section 31, at Deacon Greg, Chris Keane, at QPEN, Varzek, at Sedna90377, at Sto Morishita, at Klingon Rider, AJ Biega, and at Mike Malek, And, of course, the other listeners mentioned in this feedback and all of our listeners and patrons for their encouragement, congratulations, and kind words. That's
3: right. Your engagement with us is hugely important. Without you, none of this would be possible. So thank you for your contributions to the show and keep them coming.
2: And, of course, a big thanks to everyone who joined us in the chat room who we did not get the opportunity to name individually. But you guys made it an amazing live stream on Saturday the 7th celebrating our 300th episode if you happen to have missed That long 10, 11-hour stretch of video. Don't you worry, because we'll be posting that on our YouTube channel. Links, of course, will be shared on our social media posts. Well, that wraps up episode 301 of Priority One Podcast. But before we go, we'd like to send a special thanks to our Patreon supporters, Navy Boatslew, David S., Lee Mallian, and Admiral. Here's our community questions
3: for this week. Do you feel that lockbox contents have become more or less exciting over time? And more generally, is the lockbox model in Star Trek Online something that appeals to you as a player?
2: Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment on our website at priority1podcast.com on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash podcast or tweet us via at Pod. You can even leave us a voicemail via SpeakPipe just like Chris Keen did for our 300th. Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing
3: your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Thursday nights at around 10pm Eastern. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details and if that wasn't enough you can join us in star trek online in the priority one armada if you're interested just head over to priority one armada.com and sign up today
2: this episode of priority one podcast is brought to you by our patrons through patreon.com find out more and add your support at patreo forward slash priority one Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies because it's your support that keeps us going.
3: Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com, covering the world of space sims, including Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Descent Underground, and many, many more. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice.
2: Thanks to our audio team led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker, Jake Morgan, and Niall Fernandez, the team that has helped bring you 300 episodes. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible.
3: Enemy ship on sensors.
2: Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage.
3: This week, we trek out what Chris Hemsworth and Zoe Zaldana have to say. People are watching my face. It's freaking me out. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't do that. Don't do that. Right. As always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages.
2: Of course, don't forget to. <laughs> you see you guys don't know this but i always do that shimmy when i make a mistake i don't i don't (laughs) he does he really really looks up to hillary clinton Uh, and shaquille o'neal and that cat that's in that shaquille o'neal gif as well everybody hit stop (laughs) and of course the big news this week is that season 12 has been officially announced there was more than a little confusion around here there was more than a little confusion around here as to whether season's
3: no, he doesn't read it. He doesn't read it before we go into this. He's just winging it.
2: There was more than a little confusion around these parts as to whether seasons were done for, or
3: w- <laughs> why do you ad lib? We've had this discussion before. Why do you ad
2: Or what was going on? But now we know, Reckoning, as it will be titled, is dropping at the end of this month. <laughs> Somewhat breaking with tradition, Al Captain Gecko Rivera. Intimidated. Intimidated. Intimated. Why? Is it weird because you're looking at me now? Because now you can see. Because no, you're doing the thing. You're doing the thing where you like super overperform
3: the it. Focus. Because you haven't read it. <laughs> it. Shut up. <laughs> Do you need a moment? <laughs> <laughs> I love you, puppy. Sh- Watch your language. Sorry.
2: Sorry. Sorry. Look, that one's a good one. That one's a, that was a okay one. <laughs> no, I don't know. I can't figure out. It's very confusing. It's not. I have no idea what's happening. It's not.
0: I'll walk you through it, Elijah.
2: Yeah. We'll take baby steps.
3: Please, can you record that? Because I want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Where's he gone? That's so distracting, Elijah.
2: Just keep reading the notes.
3: I am, but it's, I can see you getting up and walking off like I thought you were having a tantrum. <laughs> That's it. I've had enough. I can't stand it. I don't know what to do at level 60.
2: He can still hear us, don't worry.
3: General, I can't, I'm having a hard time saying General Rodek.
2: You should read these notes before you... <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I did not like that. Let's <laughs> just just, just get on with this. <laughs> oh, really. I hate scat. This is FYI. Terrible.
5: It's horrible. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I mean, and that was pretty bad. That was,
5: that was the worst. No,
4: actually, no, you were good at it, which made it bad because I don't like it. So there you go. That's kind of a compliment.
5: Uh, All right, fantastic.
4: (laughs) All right, I think I I said let's get to it, but I'll say it again. Let's just get on with this. (laughs) Or let's get to it. Whichever one you like. (laughs) Perfect. Okay, I lost my place. Because I I (laughs) ad-libbed.
2: Stay on script.
4: Oh, right here. (laughs)
0: To I'll take this opportunity to remove
4: my fears. <laughs> 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 Refreshing.
2: Captains, you know we love hearing from you, so please leave us a comment on our website at facebook.com forward slash
3: <laughs> forward slash what? you could do priorityonepodcast.com forward slash would still work just go priorityonepodcast.com forward slash
2: <laughs> captains you know we love hearing from you leave us a comment on our website at <laughs> what's wrong with you I don't know I have no idea
3: priorityonepodcast
0: okay Elijah I love you hugs <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no no no. <laughs> no, because I'm not complaining about anything. <laughs> I have to I have to be I have to be playing a little violin of sadness for you to <laughs> If you're
3: interested, just head over to priority armadacom and sign up today.
2: Sorry. Uh sign up today. Sign up today. Excuse me, I'm getting a little gassy. A little the beer. <laughs> None of this would be possible.
3: Shields up! Red alert. <laughs> ready weapons. Chazin. <Jesse>. <laughs> Chaz. Wait, wait. Let's do it together. Let's do it together. What? Engage. We could do it together. We could actually do ah, it okay, together. Ready?
2: Engage, Engage. <laughs> <laughs>